Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine. You're listening to a new episode of Stories from Space Podcast, where your host, Matthew Williams, examines the history of human spaceflight, the breakthroughs that revolutionized our understanding of the universe and our place in it, and the brave individuals who work tirelessly to advance the frontiers of our understanding. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. The authors acknowledge that this podcast was recorded on the traditional unceded lands of the Lekwungen peoples. If life is common in the universe, and we have every reason to believe it is, then why do we not see any evidence for it? Where are all the advanced civilizations? Where is all the evidence of their existence, past and present? Why is it that when we look up at the night sky, we're greeted with the Great Silence? Could it be that the reason we're not hearing from intelligent life is because they're all dead? Could it be that they were destroyed by advanced probes that went berserk? Or even more frightening, probes that were designed to self-replicate, spread through space, and destroy any intelligent life before it could become a threat? This is the foundation of the Berserker Hypothesis, a proposed resolution to the Fermi Paradox. Hello, I'm Matt Williams, and welcome back to Stories from Space. Today, I wanted to pick up where we left off last time when we were talking about the Fermi Paradox. For those who aren't familiar, or those who don't recall, this refers to the disparity between what we assume is the likeliness of intelligent life in our universe and the complete lack of evidence for it. So far, we've discussed some of the proposed resolutions to this as to why we're not seeing evidence of intelligent life out there, this included the Great Filter Hypothesis, with their guest Robin Hansen, and the Transcension Hypothesis, in which it is theorized that the reason advanced intelligence is not visible to us is because it is advanced beyond anything that we would recognize. Well, today, I want to talk about what is one of my absolute favorite proposed resolutions, mainly because it's such a rich source of scientific speculation and science fiction. And it's known as the Berserker Hypothesis. Now, as with most proposed resolutions to the Fermi Paradox, a bit of background is necessary to really do it justice. As you may recall, the Fermi Paradox, as we noted in a previous episode, this is named after famed physicist Enrico Fermi, who was part of the Manhattan Project. He helped build the first nuclear bombs and also the first nuclear reactor and made many other significant contributions during his career. Now, according to the popular story, it was in 1950, while he was visiting his colleagues at the Los Alamos Laboratory, that a conversation occurred over lunch, where Enrico Fermi asked his colleagues, where is everybody? Now, this was in the context of UFOs, recent sightings, and what was generally seen as a growing obsession with the possibility of aliens visiting Earth. Given that then, as now, there is no conclusive evidence indicating that aliens have ever visited Earth, Fermi was asking the question, why haven't we been visited by aliens yet? Fermi and his colleagues proceeded to begin doing some calculations on the back of a napkin, and they ultimately determined that, based on various assumptions, Earth should have been visited a few times by now. Since the mid-1970s, this question came to be known as Fermi's Paradox, and it basically states that if life is ubiquitous in our universe, 
we should assume that advanced intelligence has emerged many times over, civilizations have come and gone, and that those that are still around today would possess technology and be capable of feats of engineering that we can only imagine. And all of these things would be impossible not to notice. At least that's the assumption. The first proposed resolution is known as the Hart-Tipler Conjecture, which was crafted by Michael Hart and Frank Tipler between 1975 and the early 1980s. It is they who framed the Fermi Paradox as we know it today. And they argued that the lack of evidence indicates that there is no intelligent life in our universe. Central to the Hart-Tipler conjecture is the idea of self-replicating machines, or von Neumann probes. These are named after John von Neumann, famous physicist and mathematician, who in the mid-20th century conducted a series of lectures in which he proposed that machines could be built that would be capable of harvesting raw materials from the environment around them and building more versions of themselves. Machines of this nature would be ideal for space exploration. The central argument to the Hart-Tipler conjecture is that if an advanced species had emerged sometime in our galaxy's past, they would likely have developed the technology to create self-replicating probes, and that these probes would have explored the galaxy and visited Earth multiple times by now. According to Michael Hart's rather optimistic projections, an alien species would need only 650,000 years to explore and colonize the entire galaxy. Frank Tipler was a bit more conservative. He indicated that it would take 300 million years for an extraterrestrial species to do this. The fact that we see no evidence for such probes throughout the galaxy, no missing matter that they used in order to build more copies of themselves, and no ruins of ancient civilizations that they may have destroyed, indicates that at no point in the past has intelligent life existed. In 1983, Carl Sagan and William Newman produced a rebuttal paper titled The Solipsist Approach to Extraterrestrial Intelligence, though it is sometimes referred to as Sagan's Response. In this paper, Sagan and Newman famously stated that the absence of evidence is not the evidence of absence. In addition to their fatalistic reasoning, Sagan and Newman also took Hart and Tipler to task for the simplified math they employed and the number of assumptions they were making. As they argued, there's any number of reasons why humanity would not have heard from an advanced civilization yet. And in lieu of any evidence, such as a first contact scenario, or say, a retrieved alien probe, no conclusions can be made either way. And that, in the meantime, it was fundamentally naive to assume that humanity was alone or unique in the universe. Alas, the question remains. Where is everybody, and why haven't we heard from them yet? Why is it when we look up at the night sky we are confronted with the Great Silence? And this has spawned many proposed resolutions over the years. Even before Hart and Tipler made their famous conjecture, and Sagan and Newman made their famous response, multiple possibilities have been considered. And this is where the Berserker Hypothesis comes into play. In a nutshell, this hypothesis states that the reason for the Great Silence is that advanced species are periodically wiped out, and that the culprits could be self-replicating machines that were created by an advanced species in the past, that have since gone berserk and are now consuming matter everywhere, or were programmed for this very purpose, to seek out intelligent life forms and destroy them before they became too advanced. This hypothesis takes into account von Neumann probes, and also another important theory that we explored in a previous episode known as the Great Filter Hypothesis. 
This hypothesis was coined by Dr. Robin Henson of the Future of Humanity Institute at Oxford University, and essentially states that the reason for the Great Silence is that there may be some sort of cosmic filter that prevents life from achieving a certain level of complexity. According to the Berserker hypothesis, these Berserk robotic probes are that Great Filter. Now, if you've been thinking all along here that this sounds like something out of science fiction, well, you'd be correct. The name of this hypothesis is derived from a series of novels by Fred Saberhagen, known as the Berserker series. The series was published between 1963 and 2005, and takes place in the distant future when humanity comes into contact with a species of self-replicating destructive probes that are essentially relics left over from a war in which two alien species fought each other to mutual destruction, and the machines are now left behind. In addition to being named after a famous science fiction series, this idea has been explored by many science fiction writers because... As I said, it's just science fiction gold. It's a very, very intriguing idea. Frightening if taken seriously, but from a strictly speculative standpoint, it's very interesting. And I'm sure multiple examples come to mind. To name a few, you have the Galactic Center Saga by Gregory Benford. There's the Revelation Space Series by Alistair Reynolds, otherwise known as the Inhibitor Cycle. Star Trek has also explored this idea in various episodes. And Babylon 5 also did a few episodes that explored this idea of hostile alien probes or alien technology that was designed to protect its masters but ended up turning on them. There's also video game franchises like the Mass Effect series and the Reapers. It's the same exact idea. Intelligent machines that periodically wipe out intelligent life because it's a threat to itself and to other life in the universe. And the list goes on. There's no shortage of examples, really. And now, in all cases, some of the, the central ideas are that uh, this technology was either created by an ancient race that is since gone extinct, that the technology itself turned on its masters, that it was designed to wipe out what its masters saw as enemies and uh, species other than their own, or intelligent life in general. And many other proposed resolutions to the Fermi Paradox have this same kind of idea, that intelligent life is inherently self-destructive, that it may be prone to suicidal tendencies, such as, to use Earth and humanity as an example, nuclear war, runaway progress, accelerating pace of change, and climate change, the human impact on the natural environment. There is no shortage of academic and philosophical work that has been done on the subjects here that basically states these are existential threats and it's something humanity has been obsessed with from the beginning. Essentially, that sooner or later, the tools that we depend upon for our survival and our livelihood might turn on us because we've built them to the point where they're just too complex, they're intelligent and self-directed, and they might question the value of keeping us around, seeing as how we need them, but they don't need us. So as with all Fermi-related theories, this is basically us projecting that onto other intelligent life out there. We have to assume that if intelligent species exist elsewhere in the universe, and they've had a jump on us, that they've already explored these ideas, they've already developed such technologies, or or perhaps they've avoided doing so because of these exact fears. 
But as Dr. Glenn David Brin, famed astrophysicist and science fiction author, he explored this in an essay, and as he indicated, it really only takes one. Only one species out there needs to come up with this technology and program it for evil in order for this hypothesis to be borne out. And that essay was released in 1983, the same year as Sagan and Newman published their famous response, and it was titled The Great Silence, The Controversy Concerning Extraterrestrial Intelligent Life. And so in this essay, Bryn had done a thorough review of proposed resolutions to the Fermi Paradox, and he summarized the Berserker Hypothesis in a way that really underscored its strengths and why it was intellectually appealing. As he described it, let us say many advanced ETIs get the robot emissary idea and ship out first-generation probes, as Tipler suggests, to replicate and fill the void with messages of brotherhood. Then suppose that for every 100 or 1,000 or 10,000 sane ETIs, there is one that is xenophobic, paranoid even. Such a race might program its self-replicating emissaries to add powerful bombs to their repertoire, and command them to home in on any unrecognized source of modulated electromagnetic radiation. There is no need to struggle to suppress the elements of the Drake Equation in order to explain the Great Silence, nor need we suggest that no ETIs anywhere would bear the cost of interstellar travel. It need only happen once for the results of this scenario to become the equilibrium conditions in the galaxy. We would not have detected extraterrestrial radio traffic, nor would any ETIs have ever settled on Earth because all were killed shortly after discovering radio. And so the implications of this is essentially that as soon as an advanced civilization develops communication technologies that can propagate through space, i.e. radio, then there are berserker probes out there somewhere that'll home in on them and eventually destroy them. So this has mighty frightening implications for humanity if it's true. Alistair Reynolds, in his Revelation Space Universe, he offered a slight variation on that, where he suggested that it wasn't technologies like radio, but rather ones that we would associate with interstellar travel. So... So in his universe, the presence of advanced propulsion systems that emit tau neutrinos, those are the things that the inhibitors closed in on and then began to wipe out any trace of the civilization that built them. And if I'm remembering this correctly, in the Mass Effect series, the Reapers, they were the ones who had built these jump gates that they sort of seeded around the galaxy. And as soon as species became advanced enough to start using them, that's when they awoke from their slumber and then proceeded to go around and destroy all those who are using them. So, yes, this is the main strength of this argument there, that it really only requires one species to have achieved an advanced level of technical development, to have created von Neumann probes that had a malevolent purpose, and this would explain the great silence that we see, and there would be no need to revisit the Drake equation, which is essentially that famous equation by Frank Drake, the SETI researcher that says, searching for intelligent life that we can communicate with, it's a matter of multiplying all these different factors, the rate of star formation in the universe, the number of planets, the number of habitable planets, etc. You don't need to reconsider any of those variables or suggest that life is incredibly rare. And 
Ultimately, it fulfills the great filter hypothesis very succinctly by simply stating that the filter itself is an intelligent life form's tools of destruction, which they either no longer control or they're just simply sitting back and letting these probes annihilate any other life in the universe to the point that any intelligent species that looks up at the night sky will not notice any any presence there. But at the same time, this argument has holes in it, some drawbacks, and the most obvious is that the same logic that bolsters it pretty much undermines it. In essence, if berserk hunter-killer robots are the reason we don't see any evidence of any advanced civilizations, then why is it that we're not seeing any evidence of hunter-killer robots? How come none of them have visited the solar system? How come we don't see evidence of them out there in the universe? Because the act of consuming matter to produce more of their own kind and the destruction that they'd leave in their wake, there really is no way that we wouldn't notice that over time. Stars would be disappearing, exoplanets, and would be reduced to rubble, and then that rubble itself would mysteriously disappear. And the probes themselves, if they're traveling in large sort of convoys, then we would notice uh, various techno-signatures. We would notice reflected light off of them. We would probably be privy to their transmissions, even though we wouldn't be able to make heads or tails of them. But they would be noticed. So, so that too, the very argument upon which the Fermi paradox is based sort of undermines this very idea. And it has been suggested, in fact, there was a study not that long ago that suggested that possibly berserker probes were consuming themselves, so they were eliminating evidence of their own existence in the same way they were eliminating evidence of advanced civilizations. However, that was that theory was tested, and the the authors of the study determined that even at a conservative rate of self-replication, the berserker probes would never be able to destroy themselves faster than they were able to to replicate themselves. So in the end, there would there would always be traces left behind, and we would be able to pick up on those. So, like I said, the idea itself is science fiction gold, and it is a very, very fertile theory there for study and speculation and testing. But luckily, it doesn't look like it's the case. And we should all derive some satisfaction for that. Cool idea, not likely to happen. Then again, as Carl Sagan and Newman noted, it's possible we simply haven't heard from these probes yet, because, of course, in our universe, information travels at the speed of light, and as long as these machines have not been active for a certain amount of time, we would not have got the memo that they're out there. But, of course, I hope I'm wrong about that. And in the near future, I will be addressing other proposed resolutions to the Fermi Paradox, and ones that are hopefully more cheerful, or at the very least, less apocalyptic. In the meantime, thank you for joining me. I'm Matt Williams, and this has been Stories from Space. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Stories from Space podcast with Matthew Williams. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share ITSPMagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. 
you can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society.